Welcome to the book club that sure is not your mom's romance book club, but it is my mom's. I'm Ellen, and joining me, as always, is always. my mom. Always, Hi, mom. still, forever and ever, Ellen. How's it going? So good. So great. <laughs> so great. We're going to tell you how great it's going in just a second. Uh, but today we're going to chat about The Tourist Trap by Sarah Morgenthaler. But first, mom. This is not the first time that we've done this, is it? <laughs> so I have all my answers locked and loaded. <laughs> I'm feeling deja vu. <laughs> um, so a little behind the scenes, we just did this episode and then got done recording and realized that we could not use the audio that it recorded, um, which made us very sad. At least it made me very sad. Mom? Is that how you react when you're sad? <laughs> I swear a lot. <laughs> Kurt's version involved. <laughs> um, so, if we seem a little low energy or like we've talked about this before, we have. Um, so that's our why. Eye is twitching or. <laughs> <laughs> we seem a little short with each other. Um, that's what's going on with us. Um, also, Mom, what have you been reading and watching? Not that I don't already know. <laughs> well, Ellen, this is actually after Kiss My Pet. This is the only book I read this week, so. We read Riley Thorne last. Oh, yeah. It didn't show up on my Goodreads because you I already read it. it. You can enter multiple. I know, but I don't know how to do that. You're going to have to show me how to do that. Oh, gosh. Okay. So, after Kiss My Pet, I read Riley Thorne. <laughs> after Riley Thorne, I read this book. It's and weird. I haven't read any in between. And I probably need to get on that or it's going to be December and it's going to... And you're going to have to read a bunch of novellas. Goodreads is going to say, um, you have 30 books to read in one month. <laughs> so you better get on that. Um, for my part, uh, I read A Spear of Summergrass by Deanna Rayborn, um, which I read for our Around the World with Romance um, challenge that we have going over on over on the group. It was for Africa. Yeah, right? this month was Africa, and so this book is set in Africa. It's like 1920s. I would say it's pretty light on romance, um, but it does make you very romantic and wistful for like 1920s Africa, which <laughs> it describes it not very nice all the time. But um, it's is still it a series. No, it's just a standalone. Oh, because Deanna Reborn does some good series. Yes. Um, yes. Uh, so I, I liked it a lot. It was very it was very good. Um, and then the next book I read was um, when we did the book swap at the end of last year, I had Deanna, who um, she sent me the Bride Quartet by Nora Roberts. She sent me all four books, which was very sweet of her. Um, so I read Vision in White by Nora Roberts. Um, I should say Nora Roberts is like a hole in my romantic knowledge. Um, and I've read a couple here and there, but... Well, we read um, The Witness. We read The Witness, and the then podcast. I've read... And it was very good. I mean, we really yeah, liked it. we liked it. that one a lot. And Mom especially really liked that one. Um, I've read... I've read a couple of hers as well before like a while ago but um but I really liked Vision and White a lot so much so that I was kind of mad when I had to read The Tourist Trap because I wanted to keep reading the, the Bride Quartet um so I'm going to start Better Roses tonight assuming we don't have to re-record this um <laughs> again <laughs> that would really make me angry um and then I've also been still listening to Tools of Engagement by Tessa Bailey 
which is the third book in that series with, like, Fix Her Up and the other one that's called, like, Lover or Loser, I think. Um, I have Stephanie Plum locked and loaded in my Kindle because everyone recommended after Riley Thorne that we, like, everyone. Yes. And I was like, I've never even heard of Stephanie Plum books. So I got the first book and I've got it locked and loaded in my Kindle and I'm ready to One go. for the Money, I believe, is the first one because they're all, like, a number... And I know there's a terrible Katherine Heigl movie that is made from One for the Money. I've just heard it's terrible. I won't, I haven't seen it, so I won't. Is it one that I would be familiar with? The movie? Yeah. It's a movie with Katherine Heigl. I don't know. It's called One for the Money. Yes, it's called One for the Money. (laughs) But I mean, the book is, yes. I was just double checking. As is the movie. Not that I didn't believe you. Sure. Um, anyway, so that's what I've been reading as far as watching, we are continuing on WandaVision, which we like a great deal. Yeah, especially now that they're, like, we're getting tidbits of what might possibly yeah, be going well, on in the story. this last episode, we got a lot more information than we've ever previously gotten. Um, it still doesn't make a lot of sense. <laughs> it's, well, there's still a lot of questions, but... Well, and the fun thing is seeing all the side characters from the Marvel movies, kind of some of these showing up, like Randall Park and Kat Dennings. And, yeah. Um... But my dad was watching it with us, and he's like, how do you guys remember all this stuff that, like, how do you keep this tra- straight in your brain? It's like, this is my brain is just full of this useless information well, about what happened in the Marvel Cinematic My universe. question is, how do you not yeah. know that you've seen this movie, you were sitting right next to me, and watched this movie with me, and you can't remember a single thing that happened in single it? Single thing. Um, we've also been watching um, All Creatures Great and Small. We watched quite, because I, as I mentioned... I think I mentioned this on the podcast. I know I definitely mentioned it on the group. I donated to PBS so that I could get all of Miss Scarlet and the Duke um, ahead of time. I wanted all of it. And we saw all of it. And we saw all of it. You guys. He does I'm, take a shirt off at one time. He does take his shirt off, you guys, in episode Which five, I appreciated. I think. <laughs> and it was, you know, the obligatory period drama. Shirt, shirting Shirt removal. Yeah. Um, and I was here for it. Yes, as was I. Body be banging. <laughs> um, so, uh, we also, with my PBS donation, viewers like me, um, we got all of All Creatures Great and Small as well, so we've watched ahead a bit in that as well. It's very cute. It's very charming. Very sweet. Um. A little romance in little it. Little romance. And you get to see grown-up Neville Longbottom, which is... You do. Pretty dishy. Yes. Um, we also randomly watched So I Married an Axe Murder and Wayne's we World. Did. We did. We did. Mike Myers double feature. We did. Um, so. Randomly, for some reason. <laughs> those are all things that happened. Yeah. Um, and we've been watching more Taskmaster because I live for that show. Yes. I love it. It is. It is great. It's delightful. Um, okay. Today, again. <laughs> all over again. <laughs> we are chatting about. The Tourist Trap by Sarah Morgenthaler. It is the first book in her uh, Moose Spring, Alaska series. The second book, Mistletoe and Mr. Wright, came out in October. And the third book, Enjoy the View, came out just this month. So we're right on the cutting edge of things. Wow, we are. (laughs) Three books are out. Um, Here's the back cover description for The Tourist Trap. When Graham Barnett named his diner the tourist trap, he meant it as a joke. Now he's stuck slinging reindeer dogs to an endless string of resort visitors who couldn't interest him less. 
not even the sweet, enthusiastic tourist in the corner who blushes every time he looks her way. Two weeks in Alaska isn't just the top item on Zoe Caldwell's bucket list, it's the whole bucket. One look at the mountain town of Moose Springs and she's smitten. But when an act of kindness brings Zoe into Graham's world, she may just find there's more to the man than meets the eye. And more to love in Moose Springs than just the Alaskan wilderness. So, Mom, what did you think of the tourist trap? Not that I don't already know. <laughs> um, Ellen, I liked it. Not a love. And we'll <clears throat> get into discussion points about why I didn't love it. Yes. But um, I liked it. It's one of those that as I read it, I, there was stuff that I was kind of like, uh, uh, you know, this is bugging me. Yeah. But then when all was said and done... It was cute. Yeah. It's not one that, like, leaves a bad taste in your mouth. It's just one that's, yeah, it's, like, it's yeah. sweet. It's a, it's got a lot of fun moments in it. Um, but there's... I, I don't think I ever would have DNF'd it. There was nothing in it that did that to me. Yes. But, um... Also, it takes a lot for me to DNF, DNF a, book. a book. I know, once you're invested. Yeah. Um, but... There wasn't anything that made me just, you know, my heart, well, it did, my heart did flutter a bit at the end. Yes. It's pretty cute. Um, yes. So I'm also a like, not a love. This one definitely has some first book-itis because there are so many characters that are introduced that I was trying to figure out, like, because all these people are described in a way that romance characters are described who are getting their own book. And there was a lot of them. There was a lot of like, them. Like, I'm wondering if Hannah and Quinn are getting their book, if Diego is getting a book, if um, Grass is getting a book. There was enough people that were given enough backstory, and that's usually the hint that they're going to get their own book. But that... were they described as good-looking or attractive? Yes. All yeah. of them were. Yeah. And Hannah definitely was. Even Grass was. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So, I don't know. Maybe she's got high hopes for this town. <laughs> yeah. She's going to get that's She's going to milk this town for everything it's worth, I yeah, guess. Yeah. There was, um, I got the feeling Diego wasn't very old, though. I don't know. Well, it would be interesting to see. I mean, Killian, I mean, Haley and Enzo were horrible people, so I don't think yeah. that they'll, anything will happen with them. But, um, but, but even them, we got a lot of their, I don't know, maybe they were just, you know, the antagonists. But yeah, I think I think so. But yeah, Killian was one that I was like, he could. Killian could. Mm -hmm. He's not Half. as good as Polo Killian, but no. But who could be? <laughs> no, no one. No one can outshine Polo Killian. Yeah. <laughs> um. Okay, mom. What did you think of Zoe as our heroine? I liked Zoe. I like. I always like a glasses wearing heroine. Yes, an unapologetic glasses wearing heroine. We are here for that. Here is. Um, my thing about that is when she didn't have her glasses on, like she couldn't see at all, which made me think, are these like Coke bottle glasses? <laughs> well, they do get into a conversation at one point that they are like Coke bottle glasses. Well, cause... I mean, she has a strong prescription. I, I know they can make glasses now, not Coke bottle. -y. Yeah. So that they're a little thinner. Yeah. But that was always like my pet peeve growing up with glasses was you take off your glasses and some friend stands two feet away from you and it's like, how many fingers am I holding up? I'm like, I'm not 
blind. It's just fuzzy. You well, understand that, right? I I am legally blind in one eye. I I mean She is. And and it's you know, I don't share this information with a lot of people. Yeah, I do. But <laughs> everybody knows. <laughs> Everyone knows. Hi, I'm Julie. I'm blind in one eye. Um no the, the craziest thing about mom being blind is in one eye is that her dad lost his eye. In, during the Korean War. During the Korean War, when he was a prisoner of war. So he has a glass eye. So he has a glass eye. And then mom is born blind in the same eye that he is blind. Yeah. Is so missing. the joke is I got his glass eye gene. <laughs> but, um, so I'm legally blind in one eye, but I can, I can see out of it just enough, but it's not enough. Like, all I can see is, like, big, colorful, you know, bold Lots. shapes. Yeah, it just looks like shapes or not even shapes it's just like blobs of color um and and as she described her vision that's what her vision is but here's the deal i'm so blind they can't put a corrective lens in there so um and even your glasses over that are basically useless right yeah yeah my glasses are basically useless for that eye i just have a balance lens in there so that it my eyes don't look distorted by having two different prescriptions so uh you know when they she says she can't see anything with her glasses, she has to, you know, feel around for her glasses. I don't know. I don't buy that. I could, I mean, I get feeling, I can buy into feeling around for glasses because I get, especially if it's like against a similar well, that's... color as, like on a forest floor. Here's the dumb thing I did is my Kindle cover is a very similar color to my bedding. Yeah, that was silly. That was stupid. I yeah. need to get like a neon. Because what happens is I lay it down in my bed. Then I can't find it if I'm looking for it. Yeah. And I have to feel around for it. Or if I get up and then go back to get into bed, like, you know, because I get up multiple times during the night because I'm does. old lady. Yeah. And um, I go and I'm, I lay down on it. Inevitably, I lay down on my Kindle. So here so kids the lesson learned here's the moral of that story don't get glasses that camouflage with your bed and don't get a kindle cover. don't get a kindle cover that's the same color as your bedding especially if you're a glasses (laughs) there you go end of podcast good night everybody (laughs) we've done this all before um but yes all that being said it was fun to have a heroine who wears glasses (laughs) i was like what were we talking about it's all running together. Um, okay, but not only a heroine who unapologetically wears glasses, but a hero who, like, finds her and her glasses charming and the way they fall down her nose because that's the joke in my family is that my glasses are constantly... My, I got new ones that stay on pretty good. So mine are... Mine are I'm happy with these. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I thought she was very cute, sweet... Her and him have very good banter. I do like the banter. Um, she is bound and determined to have uh, an adventure in her Bless Alaska. Her heart. <laughs> Bless her heart. Um, I didn't. I'll bring this up. I couldn't understand why she was so hell bent on going back to Mudgeton. Yeah. Yes, is that Illinois. how you? Sure, yeah, that's how I was saying. <laughs> Mudgeton, um, because. It didn't sound like there was anything back there. We didn't get any background on family. We didn't get any kind of even friend relation. The only friend she seemed to have was Lana, who was, you know, staying there in Alaska. Mm-hmm. 
the love of her life was there in Alaska. Why why did it not click in her brain that, you know what, I don't want to leave Alaska. I don't want to go back to Mudgeton. She loves Alaska. She loves Alaska. She just, she didn't get to have the experience that she wanted, but she could literally stay and have that, those experiences. And, and then maybe become a local so that he'll get off her freaking back about being a tourist, yeah. which we're going to talk about. <laughs> but, um... So I, I liked Zoe. I I don't know why we didn't know more about her history or her background or what it was that she felt she just had to return home to. But yeah. Um. Anyway, I'm sure we'll talk more about that later too. Yes, you know we will, Mom. I know you will, Ellen. <laughs> um. What? Yes, I I really liked her as well, and um, I thought all those things. Um, and I did wish we got to know her and her motivations a little bit more. And yes, the the entire time I was like, why is it not occurring to these people? Like, hey, why don't you stay? And the fact, because like he... Well, even more story about why did she want to go to Alaska of all places so bad? I mean, I get it. I understand why you would want to go to Alaska. But why did she save up all her money for 10 years to go on a vacation to Alaska? And I guess it's kind of implied that it's because Lana liked it there so much. Lana would go there so many, so much, and then she. But liked she it hasn't known Lana for that whole for time. ten years. Yeah. Um. I. Uh. What was I gonna say? It was so important. I bet. Um. Yeah, and I. I mean, so even if we just had, even if one or both or. Either of them had thought at one point, like, what if I asked her to stay? Or what if I stayed? Right. Like, I would maybe forgive it, but the fact that it just doesn't occur to either of them, like... Well, I can almost understand her feeling weird saying, you know, should I stay? I can almost get understand that. But for him not to at least say, look, you don't even have a job back home. Why don't you just stay, well, stay for a little while, you know? And him saying, like... You could help me out at the restaurant that I have a hard time running by myself. I really thought that was going to happen. I thought for sure that was going to happen. I thought at least one day she'd go in there and he's swamped. Yeah. And she would say, let me just help you out for a couple hours. It seemed to like be building to that so much. And like there was so much talk about how he needed help at the restaurant, but he just like wouldn't take it. She even sat down and helped she's, him with his books. Yeah, she's and, a waitress back home. It seemed like it was, like, primed for that. And then she ends up staying and becomes a tour guide, which is cool. But I didn't I didn't feel like that was earned in the whole course of the book and her staying and running the restaurant with him. Or even, like, running the second location for him felt far more earned than her being a tour guide to me. Well, especially since, yeah, there was so much buildup to that, and then nothing ever came of it. Yeah. Yes. I mean, he still needs to get someone to help him run that stupid restaurant. That he just closes and opens at a freaking <laughs> yeah, way. Yeah, whenever he feels like it. I'd get pissed off if I was in, lived in that town. Yeah. Um, okay, what did you think of Graham as our hero? I liked Graham. I, 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 and we still haven't, there's a lot of um, unresolved issues mm-hmm. at the end of the story with mm-hmm. Graham. Uh, like his issues with his business, those never get resolved that we yeah. see. I'm hoping maybe in subsequent books that those are 
resolved better. I'm thinking um, in a subsequent book, he's going to get somebody to help him with the restaurant and or second location and they will be a love interest for one of the multitude someone. people that we've met. <laughs> one of the who, many people. Yeah. Um, you know, his art and his, you know, comfort with whatever he does with his art. I mean, mm-hmm. they never even talk about him selling anything or, mm-hmm. you know, they talk about him being weird because he didn't make it through art school. But she even says, you know, you don't have to go through art school to be an artist. And, yeah. and um, but that's never really resolved. And... Yeah. So there's a lot of issues with Graham that just are kind of left hanging. I don't know if there are things that... I don't know how much Graham and Zoe show up in the next books. So I don't know if there are things that are... Sure, they're there for like Easton. Well, Easton and Lana, who are the second and third books. Yeah. But um, um, anyway, so yeah, I liked Graham okay. But I just felt like there was a lot left unfinished with him. He's very charming. He's very flirty. He's very funny. He's very jokey. What he's not is grumpy. I would agree with that. <laughs> he's described on the back cover as grumpy. Um, I think he's more short-tempered than he I is I think grumpy. he's short-tempered and he's a bit, I don't know, he's mainly just like kind of a jerk to tourists is the, his main quality. Well, I loved when she calls him out on that. But like when we get a grumpy hero, my thinking is... I like a grumpy hero because I like the the dynamic between a grumpy hero and, you know, the a sweet summer little... child who comes in and is an antithesis to... Wheedles her way into his yes. psyche. And that is not the case here. They both no, like he's... each other from jump and he's goes after her hardcore. That's my thing with him. He bugged me with his kind of flirt him and leave him approach to where... He 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 goes after her hardcore, and then mm, at least a few times throughout the book is like, I like you, but I can't do this. And it's like, then stop flirting with her so much, yeah. like, and stop leading her on. I mean, like, so he will, you know, he will put her down. He'll, like, tell her no one night, and then the next day he's like, but why isn't she calling me? It's like, because you told her not to. Like, you told her you didn't want to date her. It was over. And, yeah. you know, he wouldn't let her in his house because he didn't want... A tourist. Well, he didn't want... She was just going to be leaving, and so he didn't want to go And there. that's fine. Like, if that's... If you don't want to date someone because, you know, like, I can respect that. But then stop... Leading her on. Stop going and chasing her after. Yeah. Yes. I mean, like hard going to her, after her hotel room and taking her out to breakfast. And, and I mean, just one thing after another is. Yeah. He was. Yeah. So that, that was what pissed me off the most about him. And then another thing about him that we're going to talk about in a second. Um, but I did like him for just as a, I mean, yeah, he's he's got a lot of funny moments. I, there's a lot. They have a lot of funny stuff. They and he's pretty sweet with her, and he sounds yeah. pretty dishy. He and does. Um, at least he's always described as hot. So I just assume. I just <laughs> I just make them up in my head. I guess. Um, I, but like I, I liked his relationship with Ulysses. Um, I thought that that was kind of a sweet moment, and um. I like the moment when she kicks him in the balls and him standing up for her at the police station and, you know, there's, he, he does have a lot of sweet moments and, um, but 
that's what would piss me off was he would have a lot of sweet moments with her and then be like, but I don't want to date you. But then the next day, uh, why aren't you calling me? And I was like, <laughs> dude, make up your damn mind. Um, okay. You and I both had, we talked about this off. Well, we talked about this 10 minutes ago <laughs> and we talked about it before <laughs> while we were reading it. But some of the pacing in the book was somewhat yes. problematic. What were your thoughts on the pacing of the book? Well, it just seemed like there were like whole large sections, like because the, the, the chapters are pretty long chapters. And yeah, they are. Um, like there would be a whole chapter that told of a incident that occurred, but didn't have anything to do with, you know, propelling the story on or, you know, the plot line or anything. Um, for example... The horse riding scene where she goes to the barn and they and she's put in with a group of people and the people are loud and keeping the other wildlife away. I mean, there's this whole description and then her horse gets turned around and heads back to the barn and she can't get him to go back to the group. And there's this whole description of this whole scene that actually has nothing to do with the rest of the the story at all. I thought... Maybe she was going to run into him, you know, on her way back to the barn. Or maybe she was going to run into him while she was out there somewhere. But none of that happened. And so it's just like a whole chunk of the book that had nothing to do. And it could have been told. I mean, if they're trying to show how all of her adventures are going to hell in a handbasket. Going south. Um, it could have been told in a couple of paragraphs just i went for horseback riding you know her talking to lana or her talking to graham or explaining her her bad day or whatever yeah because i because i i you mentioned specifically that that scene was coming up and it bugged you and so i was when i was reading i'm like well i think it's supposed to demonstrate that her vacation is kind of going south um but my big problem is that a scene like that is spelled out and it's not completely necessary to our understanding of the book and the plot of the story. Um, but a scene like, for example, when, um, she kicks him in the balls and then she barricades herself in his house and then the cops show up and she's told the person that you kicked in the balls is Graham, Graham. the diner owner. And, um, and so something like that is completely skipped over, but... Where it would have been fun to see... Yeah, it's like, this is... Their, I'm reading a their rom- reactions to it. Yeah, I'm reading a romance novel. I want to see, like, these kinds of interactions between them. And, um, and so, just the fact that, I don't know, it was just, it was just off in some places, and, um, I think overall this book just could have dealt with some keen editing. Yeah. Well, and I thought the waxing scene was kind of overdone for what it was because when we get to the sex scenes we're going to talk about, it doesn't even come up that much again. Yeah. So it's not even... That relevant. Yeah, that relevant to the story. It seems, and one of the listeners says this too, but there's just some things that are put in. It's like, you know put in to be kooky and it's doesn't really serve much purpose other than it's a little kooky yeah so so like the horse who wouldn't obey her and the it's like a series of silly anecdotes and not and it doesn't and not all of them 
have anything to do with the story. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Okay. Whose side do you take in the tourist versus local debate? Well, I was very happy when she called him out on this because I think that, I think this town has issues. Yeah. They keep talking about how they don't want tourists to come into their businesses, but the tourism is what, I mean, it's a small town. They don't have, there's not enough business being generated just by the people who live in the town. Yeah. Um, I, because in my head, I'm thinking this town is really small. And so I'm like, how can you guys be this antagonistic towards tourists coming into town and literally, like, you're a business. Like, you want customers. And this small town doesn't seem like, and maybe I'm just having, like, a skewed perception of what this small town is like, but it doesn't seem like you'd have enough to keep this many businesses afloat, you know? Well, and, like, his business, for example, um, he's got a line out the door all the time, anytime he's open, which seems to be whenever he kind of feels like it. But but that's literally his bread and butter. I mean, that's literally what's paying for his house and his artwork and everything that he does. It's paid for by these tourists that come to his, even though he grumbles and complains and hates them all and da, 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 da. That's literally what's paying for his, his lifestyle. And then the, um, I get that it, it might be annoying. I get that they are... Um, not as, uh, aware of the wildlife and the kind of reverence for the nature around them. And I get that that would be annoying. And, um, but I, I mean, I've been to a lot of little small touristy towns that literally thrive off the tourism. And I've never gotten the vibe that any of them are like, Tourists, no. Like, I mean, and these people are, are like antagonistic towards yes, the tourists. They literally beat up Lana. <laughs> well, yeah, seriously. Well, and even like the um, the bakery, who like they don't have a sign out front. They don't want anyone to know they're there except yeah. for the locals. And however, he buys all the buns for his his diner trap <laughs> for his diner from the bakery. And so if he wasn't selling all the food that he's selling, then the bakery wouldn't probably survive. So even though they're trying not to have, you know, a lot of tourists come into their businesses, they're all being supported by the tourism. It's called an economy. It's like these people didn't have econ 101. I don't know. Maybe they didn't. I'm not sure about the education level. I had econ (laughs) in high school. Um, Yeah, I just, I could not... I could not buy into this town that the whole, I guess like Quinn kind of says something towards the end where it's like, yeah, most of the town, I'm not, I'm kind of not as anti-tourist as everybody else is, but just that this whole town is like so anti-tourist and I'm like, all of this bar, this restaurant, this hotel, this, any rideshare people, they're all making money off of the tourists. You know, his cousin who runs a freaking rental car place. It's like, what would all you been doing if (laughs) you didn't have the tourism? So I just couldn't, I couldn't quite buy into this town that hates tourists this much. So much. I get, I, I get hating like rich people because they think they own the planet and I mean, I don't necessarily feel this way about all rich people. I don't want to offend anybody. But 
you know, especially the caricatures of rich people that we yeah, get like in this story. Enzo and Haley and, and um, even Killian to some extent. And, but, um, and I'm talking the Killian story, not Polo Killian. Apparently he's awesome. <laughs> <Apparently>. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I get being turned off by that kind of rich person. Um, I, I get that. But that's not like all tourists are not like that. And not all rich people are like that. And well, I think it's just because they live in freaking remote Alaska and, you know, the rich people are the only ones that can afford to make it the trek up there. Go to BFE Alaska yeah, exactly. and, you know, hang out. But, um, anyway. Well, yeah. all that being said, so that is like, that's like my favorite scene in the book is when she's like, you did this to Lana. Right. Like, you are responsible. Well, your attitude, you're grumbling in your freaking you know, restaurant all day, every day is what has created this attitude in the town. Right. And you're kind of a leader in the community and people are following what you are saying and you are riling up all these people and, um, and creating all this conflict and, uh, you know, calling him alpha hole because he, you know, is kind of, uh, the male who is, thinks he's superior to all these people. Yeah. And uh, anyway, yeah, I was I was with her on that. And yeah. I was like, yes, you go, girl. Well, and she handles it very diplomatically because she's like, I get it. I, I agree. This, the way that these people treat your town is not always great. I think it, and I think she says something like it comes from a place of, you know, not being aware. Right. You know, because they're not locals and don't understand how to handle nature, you know, the thing, the wildlife and stuff. Um, but, so she's like, I get that. I get that that's bad. But you can't freaking paint with a broad brush about all tourists. And, you know, they're paying for you to live. Yeah. And only work like half a day, a yeah. few days a week, because you never go into work. Yeah. Well, and they're paying for him to have the possibility of hiring somebody else. But he's not, because he's an idiot. <laughs> and, you know, he can hire people and just do his art, you know, in yeah. the background. And have, he, if he hired two people, he could they could run the place for him. He could just come in whenever he felt like it. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's not that hard. People do it all the time. Yeah. So I the the whole anti-tourist thing, I started to get like, okay, we get it. Get over yourselves. Get over like yeah, I was like this town is starting to piss me off a little bit. <laughs> um okay. Let's talk about the conflict which I suppose could somewhat be called conflict. It's not really all that conflictual. <laughs> Conflicty. <laughs> um so basically it's just that she's leaving yeah. and this is kind of a thread throughout the book is, you know, like I said, he's always breaking up with her because she's a tourist. Well, and, and literally leaving. after their fight, she says, you know, cause he storms away and she's like, look, this is you leaving me again. again. Like, cause he's done this multiple times. Multiple and times. so it's like, you know, and so that's her way of saying, this is not on me. This is you. Yeah. You're the one being a dick here. So, what did you think of just the whole thread of she's leaving and they can't be together? And... <laughs> well, I mean, I already kind of pointed out, I don't get why she had to leave. Yeah. I don't understand. 
and, and maybe really... we would have understood if we had a little more of her backstory, which we had very little of. Yeah. Um, so it was hard to get behind the whole idea of, like, why don't you just stay in Alaska? And if you don't want to stay there, move somewhere else. I mean, yeah. you know, you don't have to stay in Mudgeton, Illinois. But, um, yeah, I didn't understand. And she, yeah, she loved Alaska so much and couldn't wait to go to Alaska and spent, went to this on this great vacation to Alaska. Just stay in freaking Alaska. Yeah. I mean, like I said, even if you don't stay there, there's other places in Alaska. Yeah, and like we said, I really thought it was building up to she was going to work in his restaurant. And it's it's fine, but it just felt like that was lead up to... That was unnecessary lead up to something that didn't happen. Well, and literally hints were dropped constantly. Yeah. Like, you need, Easton was, oh, every time Easton saw him, you need to hire someone, bud. You yeah. need to hire someone. You need yeah. to hire someone. And, you know, here she is. Oh, I'm a waitress. <laughs> and Romance 101 dictates. <laughs> that I should be working for you. Yeah. And, um, and then she sat down and he couldn't figure out his books on his computer. And she sat down and, oh, here's your problem. And yeah. figured it out right away. And it's like. Okay, so they're obviously setting it up for her to come and work with him mm-hmm. or run the restaurant with him. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, none of that happened. Yeah. So it was like a lot of buildup to her working for the tourist company. <laughs> Which, so, so like, I felt like if she had been working with him, that would have felt earned. But the tourist guide was like, Out of the oh, blue. okay. I mean, that's. That's good, and I guess there's build-up to that, just in how she likes to read all the pamphlets and, you know, go on excursions and, and things she likes like to that. know everything about where she's going, and yeah. she likes to go to the little places, the little out-of-the-way places along the way. Yeah. But, um, and then she had such bad experiences with all of her tourist stuff. Yeah. Um, but it still wasn't built up to that's what she wanted to do with her, her life. For her life. Yeah. Um, you know, if nothing else, have her work for him for a little while. And then in the epilogue or the, you know, tell us she worked for him for a while and then he hired people. So she was able to go and do, and do this thing, this other thing she wanted to do. She decided she really wanted to do. Um, all that being said, I did, I did like the ending very cliche, but I still thought it was cute. And, you know, um, so there's that the little sprint through the airport. Yes, um, was very cute. Yeah. And then, but you know, I think security. I think post nine eleven airports. <laughs> well, and it's like have it's, a little better security than that. Maybe if it was like an airport in Moose Springs, <laughs> yeah. I would believe that they have it. But it's Anchorage. It's not like <laughs> Anchorage Airport is like some little rinky-dink operation. I mean, it's probably smaller than. I bet it's the size of the Sacramento yeah, airport. I, say, I bet it's the size of our airport because it's like one of the only major airports in Alaska. In Alaska. And, um, you know, there's no way that they would let someone just run off through the airport, yeah. jump the, especially with a dog. I mean, how hard would it be? A blind dog. It wouldn't be that hard to find him after that. No. Um, okay. Let's talk about sex, baby. This um, one's pretty mom-friendly. It is. They took long enough to freaking have sex. Jeez, calm, calm your slutty <laughs> vibe. <laughs> well, my thing with them was I was just like, can you guys 
stop trying to have sex in the hotel room that she shares with another person <laughs> and go or the back of the truck where everyone's out partying yeah they just kept trying to have sex with like in well and i guess part of it is because he wouldn't let her come in his house which was the only place she did come in his house <laughs> she, she, she did come in his house at least that's what we're led to believe um, and, um but now we're just getting punchy aren't no, we yeah we are um but i just wanted them it's like you you live in remote alaska like you can find a place to be alone <laughs> where you don't have to like put about- blankets up in your truck so you guys can have sex in the truck or he literally lives in the closest house to the hotel. I know, but I think the thing was, is he would, he didn't want her to come in his house for some, I wanted her to finally go in his house and him have like a bunch of weird shit that he's like <laughs> trying not to let her see. <laughs> like he's got weird mannequin collection or something like well, that. Well, he does do chainsaw stuff. <laughs> yeah, it's true. <laughs> um, but it's like, this is where I keep the dead body. <laughs> this is where the severed heads go. <laughs> Um, but yeah, they just kept trying to have sex, like, in her hotel room that she shared with Lana, or... And she slept on a couch. Yeah. She couldn't even go use Lana's bed for having sex. I know. Ellen. So, I was like, I just want you guys to have sex. (laughs) Well, it's just because they kept kept getting cock blocked, and it was was frustrating. I kept reading on that. It's gonna happen. It's gonna happen. Oh, no, it's not. I know. Mom was like... She's, they're like, just about to have sex. I'm like, where are you in the book? She's like, well, they're in his truck and they're about to have sex. I'm like, or are they? <laughs> because, or maybe not. <laughs> because they don't. Um, but yeah, it was very closed door. Um, and I I thought that was fine. It was fine. Within the like tone of the book. It's not like they had built it up a lot to where it would have felt weird if it was just fade to black, you know. Um, well, there wasn't like throughout the book, there wasn't a lot of feeling robbing body parts or you know none of that was described so (laughs) we got a book this is a lame book (laughs) throbbing members (laughs) um but yeah so even i mean so despite being frustrated with how it just kept not happening it's not like i missed it when it didn't happen all the way you know didn't um, happen all the way. Well, it happened all the way. We just didn't get all the description. Yeah, you you know what I mean. <laughs> you know what I mean because I previously expressed this to you. <laughs> um, okay. What is your swooniest moment? Okay. I had several that I liked. I'm, I'm not going to go for the main cliche one. I am. You are. Because <laughs> <laughs> I already know what your swooniest moment is. <laughs> but I did like... There, there's a lot of... I liked him carrying her home mm-hmm. after she got drunk, even though that was weird that Lana just left her there with a stranger. I mean, of course, not a stranger to Lana, but a stranger to her. That whole... S- like, quivering in the she, corner. She, like, done did her dirty because <laughs> that's just... You don't do that to an gal pal. I get she was trying to, like, force something to happen between the two she of them. She wants her friend to get laid, which, you know, you always want your friend to get laid. That's girl code. <laughs> um... But, um, so that was kind of cute. And him carrying her in the hotel and everyone's like, is that Graham? Is that, is that Graham Bar- Barnett? Is that, you know, so that being like the shock and, and then, yeah. and then her being the talk of the hotel afterwards. Um, I liked when, after she was rescued and he lost his freaking mind and yes. beat the snot out of Killian. 
Yes. Literally beat the snot out of him. Yeah, he did. Um, so those, the, you know, there's, he's a sweet guy and he does a lot of sweet things. Yeah. He does a lot of things that piss me off. Yes. But for the most part. Um, as hinted, mine is the airport scene. I just, that was the scene where I was like, oh, this is why oh, I read romance. Yes. I like these silly, you know, over the top romantic grand gestures and things like that. It's, it's, it's fun. So him Even. running through the airport. Then missing her plane. Yeah. And she's sitting there with a huge cinnamon roll. And I liked the kind of um, mirroring of when she's on her hike and she makes the left turn and it ends up being at his front yard. And um, then him turning left when he's at the airport. And, you know, the guard comes in and says, oh, I turned right. I turned right. Instead of left. <laughs> and, um, and he says, you always turn left. Yeah. So just stuff like that. I, and, and so I just thought that that was kind of the moment that I was like, oh, this is cute. <laughs> um, so that's where. And then he knows the security guard. So everything works out okay. So it's all okay. Because it's a romance novel. Um, okay, let's hear from some listeners on what they thought about this book. Uh, I would say that the overall tone is meh, meh is the general theme of the list. Because I usually, I usually haven't read any of the comments before we record, but I've heard all of these already. <laughs> you have. Okay, Elizabeth says, I was not a fan of this book. I liked Graham and Zoe. I thought they were cute together, but I feel the story lacked interest for me. I also had the opinion when reading that the author knew other characters were going to get their own books, so too many characters were introduced. Also, I just want to say, her friend Lana may be the worst friend in the world. <laughs> Who drugs their friend and then abandons them in a strange town with a stranger? Not cool. Best character in the book was Ulysses the Moose. I do wish we knew what happened to him. Can anyone who's read the other books in the series let me know if he's okay and safe? Um, I will say I haven't read any of the other books, but I did see on Goodreads, like on the series page where it lists out the series, there's like a 2.5 that's called like a Christmas bun for Ulysses. So, I mean, unless that's a flashback, that implies that he's doing okay and gets a Christmas bun. Does he? So Ulysses gets a book? So is it, does he hook up with the girl moose? He should. Have a, have a little moose shenanigans there in the so woods. So he doesn't have to have sex with a Dodge Jeep anymore. <laughs> well, Ellen, are you being judgy now? <laughs> I think you know, love you love what you love. Um, yeah, you never know. <laughs> um, okay. Laurel says, I might have enjoyed this more if I'd read it all in one sitting, but by the time I picked it up to finish, the story started feeling a little too far-fetched to woo me. Like Lana being attacked by angry locals. I did love the setting descriptions and the love story. I love a curmudgeon for a hero. Um, I got on board with Lana being attacked by the angry locals just because of how ridiculous this town was about <laughs> tourists. Um, but, yeah, I get that. And maybe if we had, like, seen that play out more, I will say it's Rick that kind of, like, saves her from the angry locals and her book... The second book is with Rick. Is it? So maybe we will see more of that. Oh. And I guess Rick's had a long-held crush on Arlana. Has he now? Isn't <laughs> yes. that cute? Rick of the frozen pizzas. Yes. <laughs> I kept thinking whenever they'd go there and I'll share a pizza with them, they're like, so they're just getting a DiGiorno's out of the freezer and Hell throwing yeah. it in. <laughs> I've eaten many a DiGiorno. They are actually pretty good. <laughs> 
Um, oh, uh, okay. But speaking of food, of thawed hot pocket. Oh my gosh! Sounded terrible. nasty. Oh, that was the worst. Yeah, any of them really. Well, first of all, like she's eating the pepperoni pizza one. Those have like just I don't think it's like pre melted cheese. Yeah, I think it's just like cheese in it. <laughs> I'm not even sure how much cheese it is. I it might be some, you know, formulated <laughs> some, in a chem lab somewhere. Some approximation so. of cheese. <laughs> yeah. Hot pocket. That sounded disgusting. My other beef that I I need you guys to answer for me. Did I I need to know what she's saying in karaoke? Like it's alluded to and it's hinted like it's some song that like we hear everybody else's song that everybody else yeah karaoke and and we get like a snippet of sounds that are made in the song but it is not clear to me at all what the song and like i had to go back a couple times and be like did i miss something like because they're like i cannot can is she really singing this song and it's like yep and it's singing this interpretive dance and then we never find out what song it is. <laughs> and that bugs me. <laughs> well, apparently it's something crazy. So what crazy song? So if somebody song? else picked up on what the hell that song is supposed to be, you need to let me know because it was driving me well, nuts. I read the book pretty closely. And I did not. I don't remember. <laughs> I know. I know how you read. <laughs> and I don't remember them saying what the song was. No. So and, if they did say it, listen, it didn't stick with me. I went back and I was like trying to see if I could figure out what it was. And I couldn't. So if somebody picked up on what that was supposed to be, you need to let me know. Because it's driving me crazy. Um, Catherine said, I felt bad about how meh I felt about it. So I tried listening to it. And unfortunately, I liked it even less. I hope you like it, Ellen, because the hero is grumpy. But I don't feel like his grumpiness was earned. He opened a restaurant for fun and then was mad about the work and revenue and customers (laughs) in this economy. Um, Yeah, I didn't really see him as grumpy, like I like I said. Um, Catherine continues, would have been better if he was forced to keep the restaurant open for his mom or something. Yeah, that's a good point. I think both of them needed motivation. In like we needed some backstory motivation for, for both of their situations. Because he opens a restaurant on a whim and then, yeah, like Catherine says, is angry that he has customers and it's like, what what the hell, dude? <laughs> what did you, what did you want to have happen? You wanted it to fail? Is that the, yeah. I don't understand. Um, Catherine continues. There was a scene in the middle I didn't like, but I don't really remember it. I was hoping... (laughs) Thanks for that, Catherine. Um, I was hoping to like this one more than I did, uh, unfortunately. I do want one of those drinks, though. The mousse seems cool, too. Um, I just want the gummy bears in that drink. (laughs) Ellen, Ellen is a candy person. I, yes, I am. Some people are chocolate people and, like, go nuts for chocolate. I go nuts for candy. I love candy, sugary candy. I, I think some of that's on me. <laughs> um, but especially, like, if I were to pick a favorite candy, it would be gummy bears. But I need, so I was just actually talking about this with my friend um, and mom when we recorded this the first time. Um, but when I was in Vienna on my study abroad, I ate horribly um well first of all you were poor like dirt poor dirt 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 poor and like um and we found this place that had really cheap pizza by the slice and so we would eat that like 
every day. And then we'd go to this convenience store that was across the street from our school and I would buy a bag of gummy bears. And, every and day. call that good. <laughs> well, they are fruit flavors. So <laughs> I was almost getting, a food fruit. It was my serving. <laughs> it was my serving of fruit. But I'm very, I need the Haribo gold bear gummy bears. So you're gummy bear snob. I'm a gummy bear purist, I like snob. to think. Um, but yeah, those are the best gummy bears. And uh, so yeah, so every time they were talking about that drink, I was just like, Somebody else can have my alcohol. And I would just go there and be like, can I get the growly bear? No growl, just bear. bear. Just, <laughs> just, give me, bear. just give me the bear. Just give me a Sounds tumbler dirty. full. Hey, hey, Graham, give me the bear, buddy. <laughs> just give me a tumbler full of gummy bears. <laughs> he must have, because he only used the blue gummy bears in the drink, right? Uh, Didn't they say that? I think the drink was blue, but I was reading that the gummy bears were... I was reading Multi- that he only used the gummy, the blue gummy bears, and if that's the case, he must have a lot of leftover well, gummy bears. Well, blue gummy bears are not really a thing. Um, they are at least in your standard in... <laughs> package of gummy bears. Okay. Well, Mom, you would know better than me. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you are a gummy bear purist, and you. There are blue sour patch kids. Oh, okay. Sorry. <laughs> I don't need any of those things. I don't like anything Mom, tart Mom, or tangy no, or sour. She doesn't. Mom's a freaking wimp. Um. Whereas I like all the above. Um, However, there was a scene where they stopped to get, I don't know, some kind of ice cream. They didn't even explain it, what it was, the banana thing. Oh, yeah. With the wooden spoons. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. People, I hate wooden spoons. You can't even, like, describe chewing on a wooden spoon. And she got the splinter in her tongue. That's not even what it, but it's just the feel of the wood in my mouth that just makes me... (laughs) Stop it, you. Quote from Julia Lloyd. (laughs) Just the feel of the wood in in my my mouth. mouth. Makes me gag. There goes, there goes your social life. I don't like balls in my face. I don't like balls flying at my face. Um. Anyway, uh, sorry, Sarah, uh, Catherine, you were talking. <laughs> Back to what Catherine was saying. But yeah, I mean, that's basically what what Catherine was saying. Not exactly balls in her face. <laughs> Gummy bears? <laughs> you guys, we are getting punchy. Sorry about this. Um, okay. Cassie says, I DNF'd this one. I was interested and thought this was a cute story at first, but the pacing was off. The story started to drag, and then I read some reviews that mentioned that Graham becomes aggressive, and Zoe describes him as an alpha hole, and I'm not into that, so I DNF'd. Um, I didn't get him as being aggressive. It- He's short-tempered, like Mom said. I think he's short-tempered more than grumpy. I don't I don't know of a part where he was aggressive. I mean, he got mad at her when she got mad at him. He's aggressive in his stupidity sometimes. <laughs> aggressive stupidity. We just came up with that. Thank you. Um uh yeah, I don't like he and you know, he beats up Killian for leaving her, and he has, yeah, he has. Some I'll tell you who I would be mad at in that scene. The That's an er- guide. Is, well, the guide, the guide. But Enzo, who was in front of her, he never looked over his shoulder and said, "Hey guys, there's Zo- nobody behind me." Zoe's not back there. <laughs> never through the whole trip did he ever say. It yeah. seems like he's the one that should have noticed yeah. that she wasn't there. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I didn't. I didn't get him as. Being like, you know, how we generally think of an alpha hole. I, 
he's an alpha hole about the town. Yeah. But not like about not to her. Not I, yeah. I, I not directed say. at her in any way. Yeah. Um, except for when he keeps I mean, dumping he her, which does is stupid, stupid things but... that are irritating. But yeah. um, Sarah says overall, I like this one. Although I did feel like it was being zany for zany's sake at times. I did end up reading the next book in the series, which I enjoyed as well. Um, Lori, who I'm just going to start calling like-minded Lori because her and I always agree. <laughs> she always puts my thoughts in a nice succinct package for me. Um, she says, cute story, a like, not a love. Zoe, Zoe was a good heroine, down to earth and relatable. I know Graham was described as a grump, but I didn't buy him as a full-blown grumpy hero. The cutesy Zoe Bear nickname and his obvious immediate soft spot for her kept Graham from coming off as legit, uh, surly. Sure, he resents the tourism that overruns his town, but he was too meh and not enough grr to be a true grump. Uh, Graham was two-third Luke Danes and maybe one-third Nathan Fillion. Sorry for mixing my fictional characters and real-life people. Um, I don't even watch Gr- Gilmore Girls, and as soon as they introduced him, I was like, oh, he's supposed to be that guy from Gilmore Girls. <laughs> um, I've watched a season, the first season of Gilmore Girls. I watched the first, like, eight or ten episodes, I think, and then I've met Nathan Fillion. You have. He was very drunk when I met him. Um, very blotchy, red face um, from the alcohol. Uh, but yeah, I, mom, when we go to Comic-Con, I would sleep outside and then mom would meet Ellen me. would sleep outside in line. And yeah. then I would go back to the hotel, sleep, yeah. in a, sleep in a bed, get up and shower in the morning. Yeah, that's And then weird, meet huh? Ellen early in the morning in line and take my place. And then they stopped letting us do that. So then we both had to start sleeping outside. Yeah, that's true. Which, my old bones do not sleep on concrete yeah. very well. <laughs> and hence why I can't get mom to go to Comic-Con again. <laughs> um, but yeah, I could see Nathan Fillion just in terms of the... I would even say like one-third Luke and two-thirds Nathan Fillion because I think he's got more of the like goofiness than the grumpiness. Mm. Um, and Nathan Fillion. Like Firefly Nathan Fillion? Oh, baby. Yeah, he's nice. Uh, the banter in the book was great. It was fun, you-get-me banter, not the typical enemies with a ton of tension banter. Not that there's anything wrong with the latter. I do think there was some definite first book-itis here. Yes. Yes. I've read the other uh, Moose Springs books. I didn't care for book two. I didn't care much for book two, but I thought book three, Easton's book, was the best of the bunch. Which, he is the character that intrigued me the most. Easton. I yes. liked Easton. Um, physically, I like the sound of him. <laughs> He's a big I dude. Like a big lumberjacky dude. Um, mm-hmm. Big bearded. He should have an enormous font well, to go. Gra- <laughs> Graham, um, when he kept calling her darling, it kind of gave me a southern accent vibe. And I couldn't. <laughs> I'm like, he lives, he's from Alaska. Alaska. I, I, but it, hey, darling, it just kind of gave me, you know, like. A southern vibe, but I wasn't seeing it in his it's makeup. It's a rural thing. I don't know. Um, Tiernan says, this one was meh. I read this back in spring. I thought the cover was so cute. It is a cute cover. It is a cute cover. The whole aesthetic of the series is cute. Um, I agree that the pacing was slow and it was a little on the long side. I was really turned off by Zoe's rich friend who essentially drugged her, lest we yes. forget. Uh, the shtick at the tourist trap for cleaning up got old. Graham was okay. I didn't feel their chemistry a whole lot. Loved the moose storyline. I am interested to hear what Ellen and Mom think. Um, and I'm not sure that just closing your restaurant for the day when the... <laughs> yeah. The whole thing with the restaurant, I was like, how the hell are you getting as many... Well, I mean, like when the inspector shows up, 
is that yeah. he's like oh it's closed I guess it's okay. I'm going to go away now <laughs> and not come give back. You an A+. plus. You pass. <laughs> I'm like, I'm not sure that's how health inspections work. I don't know <laughs> health inspection grades either. A plus might be not good. But, uh, anyway. Uh, yeah, that was a little strange. Uh, Amy says, I guess I'm in the minority. I read this book back in August and loved it. I know Graham was described as a grumpy hero, but I found him to be witty, endearing, charming, and may I say delightful. Yes, you may. Anyone, anyone can use that word. It's (laughs) it's open to the public. (laughs) Rather than grumpy. The book inspired one of my crochet pillow projects, so I guess that tells you how much I loved it. And everybody should go check out Amy's crochet projects. And when the first time we recorded this, I also could not, and I should have looked it up between <laughs> recordings. Ellen, I thought um, you were going to come off with some great insight. Hooked on books or hooked books or something. I will, I will share it in the links of, uh, in the comments of this, of the, of this episode but something oh gosh i got with the, a hook and something, something with a something book. with a hook and a book isn't that cute because crocheting so and very she does dr susie <laughs> and she does like crochet books crochet projects that are inspired from romance novels and it's adorable um she made us an adorable pillow adorable that we have in our recording room we here. do it's sitting right here next to us I, I can see it i'm looking at it right now um <laughs> Michelle says this was pretty meh for me. Felt a bit forced and overly cutesy. I wanted to like it, but mostly just got annoyed. I can see that. Uh, book swap buddy Deanna said, I first read this book last July, uh, a week after I lost my job and didn't really like it, but wanted to give it another shot in case it was a matter of right book, wrong time. While I liked it more this time around, this still is only a meh three-star book for me. The big thing for me, I think, is the summary is misleading because Graham isn't all that grumpy. She uses the word cheerfully to describe him many times. He seemed to joke around and smile a lot, and I'm sorry, but grumpy dudes don't dress their dog up in outfits. And so many outfits. So many outfits. Yeah, I think crazy people dress their dogs up in outfits. Okay. I don't dress my dog up that often. I do it on Halloween as somewhat of a joke. And then he has a couple shirts that I just think are kind of cute. Here's here's the thing. My dog hates dressing up. So I don't do it to him that often. And if I, I have to be very specific about the things I put on him because if it's like, if it cuts up into his armpits even a little bit, he, so I got him his name, his name is Steve, as I've said many times, and he's been growling throughout this entire episode. So I'm sorry for that. Um, so he's named after Steve Rogers, from Cap- who's Captain America. So I got him a Captain America costume, and I have a video of him in this Captain America costume, and he just won't look at me. And it's really funny to me. The shame. The, the- he is so <laughs> just like, I cannot believe you are doing this to me, you bitch. And I love it. And, and maybe I'll post it with uh, this episode as well, because it always just makes me laugh, because he just will not. He's having none of it and it cracks me up well and he has a chewbacca costume too he has a chewbacca okay so i dress up in couples costumes with my dog (laughs) i don't see anything wrong with that although leia and chewbacca are not a couple but i dress him up as chewbacca and i dress as leia it's adorable what's wrong with that it's cute mom uh it's cute i said okay but i felt like you were patronizing me i don't know why you would think that because you 
Uh, Deanna continues, I feel like the author was trying to go for a Luke from Gilmore Girls vibe, but missed. And he flirted with her constantly and went whale watching, but won't let her in his house and makes her sit on the porch to have a soda? WTF? No. He just seemed like a jerk to me, and I didn't start liking him until around 60%. I will give him credit for pulling his head out of his ass at the end, but the scene when they're watching the Northern Lights in the bed of his truck is swoonworthy. But overall, this was a miss for me, and I have no interest in reading the following books. Um... I don't feel as strongly as Deanna does about him in particular, but I, there's basis for all of it, so I will not begrudge you that. <laughs> um, and yes, the Northern Lights thing, not that like he particularly is swoony, but I think that that's just a swoony setting to watch the Northern Lights in the bed of a pickup truck and just... Let me tell you about the Northern Lights. Because it's wintertime when you can see them, it's freaking freezing outside. <laughs> Anywhere you can see the northern lights, it is not comfortable to be outside at night. There you go. Lessons from Julie. Yeah. Um, Life lessons. I'm going to start a new podcast. Life lessons from Julie. Cool. Grandma Julie. <laughs> <laughs> my niece sends a video, sent my mom a video where she's like, Grandma Julie, because that's what she calls her. Uh, to distinguish her from her other grandma. Yeah. So it's Grandma Jilly. <laughs> Just the way she said it cracks us up. <laughs> um, Elizabeth said, I like this book a lot, but it could be a case of longing for literally any kind of vacation during COVID times. And the Alaska setting filled that void for me. Also, I appreciated that it was light slash low stakes. I read this after reading a bunch of other romances that covered pretty serious topics, and I just wanted something easy and fun. This definitely delivered on that front. I've read book number two as well and actually liked it more than number one. There's def there's a particularly hilarious scene involving Lana and taxidermied squirrels. There you go. As you know, one has. As one has. Um, finally, we have Miriam, who had a lot to say about this book, um, but she makes some very good points. Uh, this is one of those books where the more I think about it, the less it makes sense for me to like it, but I still do. I mean, to start at the end, that airport scene surely belongs to the 90s. Like, it would have been cute then, but the consequences would be a lot more severe now, I think. Not that everything has to be true to life, but that scene really took me out of the story, especially after I'd forgiven most of the issues I'd had earlier. Um, yeah, we always think that every time we watch... Love Actually, when the little kid is running through the airport at the end, it's like, that kid would be shot. Yeah, there's no way they would let that kid run through, <laughs> run through airport. Heathrow Airport, yeah. Um, but, yeah, I I mean, Especially I like the it. international terminal, I mean, because she was flying to America. So, international flight. Well, you realize Alaska is part of America. No, but I know, but I'm talking about Love Actually. I'm back oh, at Love Actually. Oh, okay. I, yes, I realize Alaska is part of America. I'm not a complete moron. But I thought you were talking about... No, I'm talking about Heathrow Airport, okay. the International Airport, yeah, yeah, yeah. and uh, there's no way they would let that kid go running through the airport. I and there's care. no way they would let Graham go running through. I don't care how winsome that kid is. <laughs> he is quite charming. Yeah. Um, okay. For some... Miriam continues. For some time, I felt like I didn't have any sense of... Okay, Miriam, I need to talk to you about this, because you refer to Zoe as Lucy, and I know that you are reading in Ireland... And so I need to know if, like, the UK edition of this book has her calling her Lucy or if you're just getting confused with Lucy and Zoe, which happens. I've been there. Um, anyway, she says, for some time I felt like I didn't have any sense of Zoe as a person. I had no idea of how old she was until she mentioned saving for 10 years, so late 20s at least. I never really understood why she was so obsessed with going to Alaska that she was happy to slave away for so long for 
uh, a two-week holiday. Shouldn't there be a story there? Apart from the mention of her grandmother and an ex, did she have any family? Anything keeping her at home? She needed a lot of rescuing. But then when they mentioned her planned spontaneity, she clicked for me because I related to her all of a sudden. That and the guidebook reading and general awkwardness. Um, all good points. We really don't have a good sense of her other than she wears glasses. <laughs> Other than that, which and her like. hair gets stuck between her nose and her lenses all the time. Yeah. Which, did we talk about that? <laughs> we didn't talk about it on this one. <laughs> on this one. I was never, I could never understand how her hair was getting stuck in her glasses. And mom explained that it's long bangs. I think she has long bangs. But I, the way I was envisioning it, and they were, like, getting stuck between her glasses and her nose, I was thinking, like, <laughs> hair, like, from the side of her face was, and I'm like, she would look like she escaped from an asylum. Like what? And it happens all the time. All the time. And it's supposed to look charming. And I'm like, that would not look charming. That would look crazy. I just, I just assumed long bangs because I couldn't figure it out any other way. So. Yeah. And I couldn't either. But anyway, Miriam continues. <laughs> Sorry, Miriam. <laughs> Sorry, Miriam. But Miriam, okay, no, but we were saying, Miriam makes good points because you, you don't really have a good sense of her as a character, her motivations for wanting to go to Alaska, her motivations for going home, going home, any of that. And, um, and she says the same thing about Graham, I think, right? Or no, somebody else had said something about Graham and keeping the restaurant open and that, yes, they both needed more motivation. I, I totally agree with that. Um, Miriam continues, um, that and the guidebook reading in general awkwardness, though if she was doing her planned spontaneity right, she'd have known before arriving that there was a possibility that she might decide to stay. Maybe she did, but they never even half-jokingly talked about this as a possibility. It was always a case of your slash I'm leaving in five days. When Lana is going to tell her news and Graham says he doesn't have time to hear it, do people do that? <laughs> I'd be like, give me the 10-second summary and I'll decide if I need to know more. Yes. I, oh, but that happens all the times in books and TV shows and all sorts of stuff where I'm like, that doesn't happen in real life. If somebody's like, I need to talk to you, you'd be like, okay, I don't have a lot of time right now, but make it quick. Spitball with me. I want to, I want to hear what you need to tell me that you say that you open with the phrase, I need to tell you something. Right? Right. If somebody came to you and said, I need to tell you something, you'd make time for that. Uh, it depends on who was saying it. <laughs> Your dad comes to me all the time, so I need to tell you something. I was like, later. I don't have time. Because most of the stuff that comes out of his mouth is not as important as he thinks it is. And that's my parents. Um, Miriam continues. Um, the list of nitpicks could go on, and yet I really liked it. I think it was just the escapism I needed at the moment. I love the setting. It's definitely a good read for these times when you can't get anywhere. And every so often I resorted to Google Images and sighed. I liked that they liked each other from the beginning, and there was no secret about it. It got a bit annoying how any time they were having a moment, they were disturbed in some way. Yes. I'm glad when she came back, she didn't end up working for Graham. I was sure she was going to offer to help out at some stage, and that was how she'd end up staying, and I prefer it the way it went. Um, I'll definitely read the next books. Uh, agree. I, I like that. I like that she became, but it's like we said, I just didn't think it was that earned. Um, 
And then Marion finishes, oh wow, this was a lot longer than I expected and I had lots more thoughts. I had a soft spot for Killian despite his not looking out for Lucy in the end, or Zoe, in the end. It's probably 96% due to the fact that my baby is a Killian and I like the name. I wouldn't mind if he turned up again. Yeah, he was yet another character where I was like, yeah, maybe he'll get his own book. I, of course, I his know. nose is going to be a little crooked. <laughs> yeah, that's true. He didn't get a broken nose. Um, Mom, final thoughts on this book? Um... As always, I feel like we've ragged on it a lot. Yeah. Um, it was a cute story. It was fun. There was things that we've already talked about. I enjoyed it more than I didn't enjoy it. There's just... It's like I said. I think it just needed editing. I yeah. need, It needed editing for the pacing. It needed an editor to be like, what's going on with these people? Yeah. Why are they making <laughs> Where's these Where's the backstory for this? Or why are they not making decisions that they should be making that should be obvious? Um, and those are my final thoughts on that book. And hopefully this is the last time I need to express them. <laughs> if we have to record this a third time, we're just going to say, I'm, we read a book. I'm going to be like, sorry guys, this book is <laughs> not happening. Um, so those are our thoughts and some of your thoughts on The Tourist Trap by Sarah Morgan Thaler. Thaler. We would love to hear more from you on our Facebook page, our Facebook group, which is Not Your Mom's Facebook group, which, by the way, on the group this week, I am posting the poll to decide what our next reading list is going to be. Can you believe that we're there again already so soon? It's crazy. Is this our spring list? Our spring reading list. What? So if you want to hear, have your voice heard on that, head over to the Facebook group and vote in the poll. I will be posting it on Wednesday, so look out for that. Well, and just so you know, we do pick almost all of our books based on listener recommendations. Yeah, we're too lazy to come up with any of them. Yeah, we're, <laughs> we're super lame. Um, we also have our Goodreads group, our Twitter and Instagram, which are at NotYourMomsRom, our subreddit, which is NotYourMoms subreddit, or you can email us at NotYourMomsRomanceBookClub at gmail. Com. So if you want to read along with us and email us with your thoughts, or if you would like to suggest a book for us to read, we'd love to hear from you. On February 8th, we will be discussing One to Watch by Kate Stamen London. Remember, you can subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify, and wherever your favorite podcasts are sold for free. Don't forget to leave a review because it helps the show, and we just love to read them. All right. Thanks, Mom. You're welcome, Ellen. It's been a journey. It has been. <laughs> I will see you next time. Hopefully it's not too soon. <laughs> it will be too soon. All right. Bye. Bye. Not Your Mom's Romance Book Club is part of the Frolic Podcast Network. You can find more outstanding podcasts to subscribe to at frolic.media slash podcasts.